what's going on in our nation, what happened last yesterday, it was heartbreaking and very sad. Uh, you know, whatever it is, but Jeremiah prophet said, the heart above all is desperately wicked, no matter where you are. And uh, people ought to be uh, 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 executed, those who kill, Bible says that, you know. And uh, I want you to, before we pray, I want you to turn with me to Ecclesiastes chapter 8, verse 11. The book of Ecclesiastes chapter 8, verse 11, this is the problem we are facing in a nation. Book of Ecclesiastes chapter 8 and verse 11. Someone can read loudly so everybody here. This is Solomon said long time back. Mark, read, you found? Yes. That Solomon said long time back, when the evil is not executed right away, the evil progresses and the righteous very sad. And we are sad because we are pampering the perpetrator and the victims we are have no sympathy. And I, I wish our president, what he said yesterday, would do that, that those people who do, they will be immediately executed in a week. Not, why would we support those people? Why would we? Why have a dollar bill, have a lawyer and all kinds of nonsense? They need to, if, if he's done purposely, get it out, get him out. You know, in, in, in Middle East, there is no crime such like that because in 24 hours he will be executed publicly, publicly. Yeah. So that is what is happening. That's why the shops are open. Nobody would steal because if they steal, they will cut the hand here. So I like that. That nobody would dare to do that, tell you the truth. Um, another thing, uh, we just, I got the news. I don't know whether you, uh, you will come, I don't know. But in England, the Muslim people went to Buckingham Palace and told Queen, either you convert or get out from this country. We are going to convert this Buckingham Palace into mosque. So this is coming up. I just I want to give you a heads up. So it is sad days for everything when you uh, do not do anything that is happening today. So let's pray, shall we? Heavenly Father, we do thank you so very much for this time you've given to us where we can come together and learn from your words. Thank you, Lord, for the rest you've given to us. Thank you, Father, for the gift of this day. This is, Lord, as the David says, your day given to us by your mercy so we may glorify you. Heavenly Father, I thank you for each person, those who are here this morning, and now, Lord, I ask that you conform your word in our lives as we study and fulfill your purposes for which you brought us this morning. Draw us closer to you, dear God, that we may know the depth and the height and the wideness of your love and your truth. We pray for Karen and family, Lord, those who are grieving. We pray, Father, that you comfort them. We commit our life in your loving hands. We pray for those who are grieving for the loss of the loved ones. We pray, Father, that that would be something good. Out of ashes, Lord, we pray that you bring crown for your glory. In Christ's name we pray. Amen. Yeah. <clears throat>
next Lord's Day would be our last Bible study. And then, God willing, 11th, we will have a Thanksgiving dinner in the church. Next Lord's Day, I would like to make a very special uh, Bible study Sunday. Uh, I would like to hand over this card, the index card. I want you to, if you have any concern in your heart, any prayer request about your family or anything, write it down. And uh, every morning, 5 o'clock, will be harvest prayer time. So I will be in Florida, but I will be praying for harvest prayer time, okay? So I want you to write down your request in this card and hand over to me after the service. If you want to write your name, I love I think it's better to write your name because when I pray, your face will come before me. So please make sure that your concern be written down and my wife and I will be lifting you up before the throne, of, throne room of God. So even though we are away, we are not away. We are close to you. So just write down your concern and make sure that there is someone praying for you. And another thing, next uh, Lord's Day Bible study, there will be a time of reflection. I want to learn, friends. I'm not ready-made came from heaven, okay? I'm learning every day. And uh, it's good to get back the feedback from you. How do I do in the study time? Because when I'm launching out the book of Job, I want to be uh, very sensitive to the needs, your spiritual needs and all these things. So, what we are going to do next Lord's Day, there will be comments, compliments, and criticism. 3C, remember? So next Sunday, it will be open time, so you can testify whatever in your heart, how you learn, how did you grow spiritually during this six months' time. So that would give me joy that I have tried to communicate with you because I really want... This is not our language, my friends, tell you the truth. This is our second, third language, my native language, our state language, our national language, and this is English as the third. I learned ABCD in eighth grade, so you know that this is not our language, but by the grace of God, what we are, we are, and we are trying to help and try to communicate the truth of God's word. And I always trust the Holy Spirit because the Holy Spirit will make you understand what I would not. So uh, remember, next Sunday would be a time of Thanksgiving testimony. Or whatever you have in your heart, tell me. I will be very honest, and you be honest, and I will be very happy to learn. So next time when we come, I will make sure that I'm uh, communicating properly and rightly. Um, you know... Uh, this is the testimony. The long time back in, in, we came in 1985 to this country, and I never preached in English. So first message was in Brooklyn in 1985, May second Sunday, first time. Okay, and then we transferred to upstate New York in Catskill Mountain. It was all country, all Irish community surrounded by mountains and all. And our house was sitting in the right in the uh, farm. It's beautiful, beautiful. So I was preaching, so one lady in the church, this is truth, friends, was very humiliating for me. And uh, while she was leaving, she said, you learn better how to speak English because you don't know how to speak. I said, thank you. <laughs> that, that's a gospel truth, friends, that's a gospel truth. And I, I wept before God, I said, Lord, help me, help me. And you know, in uh, two years, 
One day she called me. He said, uh, how can I be saved? When we had a farewell party, she was the first person to stand up. And she said, she, in a tear, she said, the Lord brought this man for my soul from India. And I'm very grateful for Pastor Solomon. This is God, my friend, not me, God. And you know, she had four sons when she was dying, when she had to go to Albany for chemo, whom did she ask? Me. Can you take me for chemo? I need you, not my sons. That's how the Lord did his work. So, with the Holy Spirit, there is no boundary and there is no barrier. And so when you trust this, the heavenly treasure is in earthly jar. So the power of God is manifested by him. And my prayer is the Lord would give you wisdom to put your faith, not in my words, but in the power of his word. Having said that, we are looking into the sovereignty of God in salvation. Remember, uh, salvation is of the Lord always. And he's the one who does salvation work in our life. And uh, you will see that in your book. Because, you know, man is deprived. Man is, man is spiritually dead. Uh, uh, Romans chapter 3, verse 10, 11, 12. We already saw that. And I'm just quickly f flying through as a panorama pictures from heaven. I say, there is no righteousness. There is no righteous person. There is no who understands. There is no who one seeks God. There is no one who, the, everybody turned away from God. Everybody became useless. None does good. Therefore, fallen nature is unsaved and he needs help from the outside. We cannot earn our salvation. That's why in the Bible we are commanded and told over and over again, salvation is of the Lord. So when salvation is of the Lord, then the salvation need to be from God's perspective, not from my perspective. That's why Christianity is not a religion. Christianity is God-seeking man. Religion is man-seeking for God. That's the difference between religion and relationship. So Christianity is absolutely different. Man physically, spiritually bankrupt. Heaven came down, God so loved the world, and there we have the whole story, whole story of our salvation. That's what we are looking into. So, uh, Romans chapter 8, Romans chapter 8, verse 29 and, uh, uh, 29 and 30, Paul writes so beautifully that he said, For whom he foreknew, he also called. And whom he called, he also justified. And whom he justified, he also glorified. So, remember, bankruptcy of the spiritual, uh, bankruptcy of man's soul. And it is God who is calling. John chapter 6, verse 44. Unless the Father draws him, nobody can come to me because we are all spiritually dead. Well, so it is here, uh, Paul says that... Uh, That God predestined, God called, God justified, and God glorified. So last Lord's Day, we, we stop it about the foreknowledge of God. That God foreknew. Now, this is theologically term. It's very 
complicated. Sometimes it is hard to understand. But I try to make it simple to make you understand. So, the foreknow, foreknowledge of God that if salvation is of the Lord, so we could, uh, so, so we conclude that man redemption begins with God's foreknowledge. God's foreknowledge. So believer, believer, the one who believes someone whom God foreknew. We need to keep in mind the doctrine of depravity. There is nothing, absolutely nothing in man's carnal nature to prompt him to trust in God against whom he's rebelling. Beloved, before God brought you on your knees, we were all rebellious against God. We never thought about God. We try to please people rather than God. We try to please our parents rather than God. Because of our sinful nature, we lie, we cheat, everything, nine years. But the works of the flesh, Paul writes in Galatians chapter 5, verse 20, 19, 11, 19, 20, 21. The work of the flesh and Mark chapter 7, verse 4, uh, verse, uh, Mark chapter uh, 7 verse 20, 21, 20 through, out of the heart comes all these things. So we were producing the work of the flesh. And as a result of that, so man is deprived. The man cannot come to know, knowing the God. So here we have that Bible tells us, to, for whom he did foreknew, he also did predestinate. To be conformed in the image of his son. The salvation is from God for a reason. That he would like to make us like Christ Jesus. Isn't it wonderful, friends? We were destined for damnation. We were destined for gutter. But God of the glory came from heaven to lift us up from the gutter. So we can sit in the heavenly places in glorious presence of God. That is the salvation. That's what the Lord is working in us. That was the purpose Jesus Christ came into this world to, be, to, to those whom he had predestined to be conformed into his likeness, during the likeness. So foreknowledge or foreknow, it cannot mean simply the knowledge of the future events. Uh, the word foreknow or foreknowledge is prognosis. Foreknowledge refers to God's eternal, predestined, loving, saving intention. Therefore, foreknowledge involves God's predestination to have relationship with individual based on his eternal plan. It is the divine purpose that brings salvation for sinners by the death of Jesus Christ. That is the purpose. That is marvelous, marvelous purpose. So that sort of relationship is reserved for only for the sheep. Now you know what I'm coming from. Who hears my voice? God will not hear. My sheep, I know my sheep. My sheep hears my voice. Isn't it wonderful? What a privilege. What a privilege the Lord in, in mighty, almighty God has given us that privilege that my ship hears my voice. So predestined means, listen to this, literally, literally to mark out, 
or appoint or determine before before uh, beforehand the lord has predestined or pre, uh, pre, uh, predetermined the destiny of every person who will believe on him just as jesus was crucified before the predestined plan and foreknowledge of god so god also predestined every believer to salvation through means of the atoning sacrifice no wonder in revelation chapter 13 verse 8 the john revelator says before the foundation the lamb was slain if the lamb was slain before the foundation so the destiny of the believer is also sealed before the creation that's why paul says we were Dest- we, uh, the, before the foundation, he has blessed us in heavenly places in Christ Jesus. Unbelievable. You know, these are the so beautiful truth. And sometimes we will never comprehend. Do not worry. Paul writes in 1 Corinthians chapter 13 and the last verses. Right now we are looking into the mirror, but then we will behold face to face. I do I understand everything from the Bible? No. Do I question God? No. Do I doubt God? No. But I trust him. Because the one who has written is faithful. He never lied. Numbers chapter 23 verse 19 he said God is not man that he should change his mind nor he is the son of man that he would change his thought what he has done he what he has said he always does. and god is a god of the truth but jesus said i am the way and the truth and the life so remember the salvation is of the lord and we are believers because he has chosen us before the foundation of the world we were able to choose him why because he first chose us that is mind boggling we love him john says we we study in first john In John chapter 4 verse 19 he said we love him because he first loved us. We love him because he first loved us. He first loved us. He had first chosen us because he has predestined for us. Now, the purpose of God in choosing some for salvation. Well, Ephesians chapter 1 verse 4 5 and 6 this is I I would like to read and you listen carefully according to according as he had chosen us in him before the foundation of the world that we should be holy and without blame before him in love this is paul writing to ephesians chapter 4 verse chapter 1 verse 4 verse 5 having predestinated us in uh, uh, unto the adoption of children by Jesus Christ to him according to the according to the good pleasure of his will oh beloved everything god does for his good pleasure you know he doesn't ask my advice isn't it nice because he does according to his own purpose if i consider him is my potter then i as a clay have no right over potter 
Potter has all the right, whether Potter would like to destroy me, he has a right to do that. If Potter wants to give me one day more in my life, he has a right to do that. If Potter brings any sickness, he has a right to do that. Because everything, Philippians chapter 2 verse 13, he works and will according to his good counsel. We may not understand. I don't have to understand. And God is not obligated to answer everything, my friends. When Martha and Mary send the word to Jesus that the one whom you love is sick, Jesus was not obligated to go right away. Because he was going to unveil, I am the resurrection and life. He does all according to the counsel. According to Romans chapter 8, verse 20, 28, you know what I'm talking about. 6, verse 6, chapter 1. To the praise of the glory of his grace, wherein he hath made us accepted, uh, accepted in the beloved. So, let me explain the purpose of God. He chose us. I did not. He chose us. He said in John chapter 15 to the disciples, you have not chosen me. I have chosen you. Okay, so he chose us that the verb indicates that God not only chose by himself, but for himself. Why? To the praise of his glory. Whatever you do, do it for the glory of God. Isaiah chapter 43 verse 7 and chapter 43, verse 21 says that I have created you for my glory. Whatever you do, do it for the glory of God. Whatever you do, our salvation is for the glory of God. Well, why to praise? He said, for his own glory. Chapter 1, verse 6, to the praise of his glory... Chapter 1, verse 12, to the praise of his glory. Chapter 1, verse 14, to the praise of his glory. Salvation is for the praise of the glory. Salvation is of the Lord for the praise of his glory. God's election or predestination does not operate apart from man's responsibility. Man's responsibility to believe in the Lord Jesus Christ. He chose us according to his purpose. The ultimate purpose of election to salvation is the glory of God. For the glory of God. He hath, Paul writes in 2 Timothy chapter 1 verse 9. He hath saved us and called us with a holy calling according to his own According to his own purpose. And grace which was given us in Christ Jesus before the world began. Can we argue with God regarding his election and say God is unfair? Well, Romans chapter 9 verse 14 to 23 he said, how can we say God is unjust? We'll find out man's responsibility then you know what I'm talking about. So what is man's responsibility in salvation? Please note, God is sovereign God in choosing those who are to be saved 
man is still responsible for his sin and for the rejection of Christ. Man is responsible. Man is responsible. God offers an open call. God's open call. God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten. That is a universal call. Whosoever believes in him shall not perish but have everlasting life. Paul writes in Romans chapter 10 verse 11, 12, 13. For the scripture says, whosoever believeth on him shall not be ashamed. For there is no difference between Jew and Greek. For the same Lord over all is rich unto all that call upon him. For whosoever shall call on the name of the Lord shall be saved. Shall be saved. So, the calling of the salvation is for everybody. God is not partial. God is not partial God. He died for everybody. But everybody going to believe in Christ? No. Whosoever believes in him. John very clearly says, whosoever believes in him shall not perish. That's why the universalism doctrine says, God loves, so he will, believe, he will take everybody to heaven. Then why there is hell? Why there is hell? Jesus spoke more about hell than heaven. <clears throat> so man is responsible for his unbelief. Man is responsible for his unbelief. Well, John chapter 3 verse 18. This is very important verse. I want you to pay very close attention. I'm reading that. He that believeth on him is not condemned. Praise God. You can put your name. And then John says, but he that believeth not is condemned already because he hath not believed in the name of the only begotten Son of God. You cannot argue with God's word. You cannot negotiate with God. It's very crystal clear. Those who believe on, in him, what does the word believe? You know, many people say, I believe in God. Have you heard say, people say that? I believe in God. But then if you narrow down, then you know whether they truly believe or not. Believe word is generic. I believe in God. But that does not mean that he, what does the word believe means? This is the word, this is a real explanation. The word believe includes trust, commitment to Christ as Lord, as Savior, which results in receiving new nature, which produces the change heart and obedience to the Lord. That is, that is believe. That is to believe, change heart. You know, Jesus cleansed the temple in John chapter 2. And uh, in verse 22 and 23, John writes, many uh, pe people saw the miracles Jesus performed. Many, that the word says, Holy Spirit writes, many believed in him, but did not, but, but Jesus did not believe them. I'm paraphrasing. Many believed in Jesus. On what ground? They believed the, the miracles, but not the one who does the miracle. You understand? As a result, 
Jesus did not put their, his trust on these people because their faith based on miracles. What did Jesus say when uh, he sent uh, his disciples in Luke, right, chapter, Luke Gospel chapter 10 and verse, I believe, 17? He says that they, when they, Jesus sent them and when they came back, they were rejoicing. Why? He said, Lord, in your name, in your name, we did this, we did this, we did. <laughs> Jesus was unmoved. What's the matter with you, Jesus? What did Jesus say? Rejoice! Your name is written in the Lamb's book of life. Rejoice! Because you are connected with me. That's why. Many people like to believe God on the basis of what he does to them. Not who God is. When you know who God is, you tremble. When God does everything, you see that he's a Santa Claus. I can ask anything. He can fix me. He can fix this. He can do that. He can do that. Everything God does. So you do not base your faith on what God does for you, but you base your faith on who God is. He's eternal. He's immortal. He's invisible. Everlasting. He does everything for his own glory. If you believe all these things. So no matter what comes in your life, you trust him. Job had that kind of feelings and faith. No wonder he said in Job chapter 13 verse 15, he says, even though he slay, I will trust him. Even though he slain me, I will trust him. Habakkuk chapter 3, verse 18, 19, 20, he said, everything is gone south, but I will believe God. My hope is built on nothing less than Jesus' blood and righteousness. I dare not trust the sweetest frame all holy, and all uh, holy lean on Jesus' name. On Christ the solid rock I stand. If you stand on that rock, as Jesus said in Matthew chapter 7, concluding chapter, two men, one built on a sand, one built on a rock. Our Lord would have us to rest our faith, not what he does. That would be the sand, but believe in what he is. That is rock. No matter how many storms come in your life, you will still believe in him. You know why? Amy Carmichael says, best is yet to come for those who love the Lord. Isn't it nice? In this world, you have trials. But hang in, I have overcome. That is the Lord we have. That is the salvation. Lord would have us to go there. <coughs> Man's responsibility, as I say that, that man is held responsible for not obeying the gospel. Well, 2 Thessalonians chapter 1, verse 8 and 9. In flaming fire, that is the word, in flaming fire, taking vengeance on them that know not 
God. And that they obey not the gospel of Christ. The gospel of Christ. Who shall be punished with everlasting destruction for and the punishment? Do you know that that speaks to the lack of the personal relationship with God through Jesus Christ? Man is not saved because he is unwilling to come. Unwilling to come. Remember, salvation is for everybody. But those who appropriate, they are not condemned. But those who do not, they are already condemned in God's economy. And you cannot change that destiny. You know, one verse in the Bible is Jesus, as he was coming out of, uh, coming from Mount of Olive, looking Jerusalem, he wept. Twice he wept. One at Lazarus' tomb and another as he was coming down. And, And he said, Oh, Jerusalem, I wish you would have known the time of my visitation. Because he knew in 35 years later, Jerusalem would be bulldozer. Josephus writes, more than a million people will be slaughtered by Emperor Titus. That's what Jesus was looking into. But another verse, which is frightening, and it's recorded in Matthew chapter 23, verse 37. And this is, listen very carefully. O Jerusalem, Jerusalem, thou that killest the prophets and stone them, which are sent unto thee, how often would have I gathered the, thy children together, even as hen gathers her children under her wings, and ye, and ye would not. You know, my friends, let me ask you, how many times, just like Jesus, you have wished for your loved ones? You have wished for your loved ones. Oh, my son, oh, my daughter, I wish you would know what I have known about my Lord. But you have not. How do we understand that verse? And then I'm done. I wanted you, Jesus said, I wanted, but you were not willing. Please remember, God is utterly sovereign and therefore fully capable of bringing to pass whatever he desires. Now remember that verse, Matthew chapter 23, verse 30. Oh, Jerusalem, oh, Jerusalem, how I wished. Jesus could have done by his sovereign power. Listen to this explanation, it's beautiful. Capable of bringing to pass Isaiah chapter 46, verse 10, including the salvation of whomever he chooses. Yet, he sometimes expresses the wish for that which he does not sovereignly bring it to pass. Deuteronomy chapter 5 verse 29. Just quickly turn with me please. Deuteronomy chapter 5 verse 29. Deuteronomy, the, the fifth book in the Bible. Uh, uh, 
Genesis, Exodus, Leviticus, Numbers, and Deuteronomy, the fifth book of the Bible, chapter 5, verse Thank you. Oh, how I wish. Now turn with me to Isaiah chapter 48, verse 18. Isaiah 48, verse 18. Isaiah 48, verse 18. Thank you. Oh, that you had heeded my commandments. Oh, how I wish. Oh, Jerusalem, Jerusalem. God wished. God wished. He sometimes expresses wish for that which he does not sovereignly bring it to pass. Such expression no way suggests a limitation on the sovereignty of God. Keep that in mind. Thus, this statement or this verse do reveal the essential aspect of the divine character. God is full of compassion, sincerely good to all. And sincerely good to all and desires of good and not evil, not Delighting in the destruction of the wicked. You know, my friends, God wish. At the same time in Ezekiel chapter 18 and verse 32 says, he said, uh, let me just recollect the verse. I have no delight in the death of the wicked people. I have no delight. This is holy God. He has no delight in the death of the wicked people rather than they would turn away from their wickedness and come to me. That was God's wish, desire. While affirming God sovereignly, one must understand his pleas for the repentance of the reprobate, for the reprobate and his goodness toward the wicked as genuine, merely designed to provoke them to repentance. The emotion displayed here, uh, and, and also Luke chapter 19, verse 41, as I already said, all Christ's feeling must be perfect harmony with his divine will. He wished, but when people deliberately do not, then they are responsible, is it not? You wish for your children. You long for your children, but when they don't do that, what do you do? Leave it to God. Oh, Jerusalem, Jerusalem, I wish you would have known the time of God's visitation, but you did not. God's sovereignly, compassionate, merciful, 
But when people deliberately reject, they are responsible. Salvation is for all, but is specifically for those who appropriate salvation by believing, having new nature, bearing the fruit of righteousness. That is what the Lord would have us. And no, to them, he's going to make, he, will make, he is going to conform the image of his son. Wonderful, wonderful. <coughs> uh, pick up the paper just quickly. God's plan and salvation. This is so beautiful. Uh, just quickly read and you just follow that. God calls one to salvation, period. God draws one to himself. And this all Bible verses is not mine. God grants repentance, not anybody. God gives one the faith to believe. God justifies the believers. The Holy Spirit washes and regenerates. God promo- promises to glorify. Man's part in salvation process only to respond to the calling of God. How true it is. The only thing a person can do that will have any part in salvation is to exercise faith in what Jesus Christ has done for him. Done for him. The secure, our salvation is for eternal eternity. Isn't it nice? When I called Pastor Marty in 2007, uh, Pastor Marty had in mind, he said, does he believe in eternal security? Because Methodists don't believe. So Pastor Marty was questioning my salvation, whether he really believes eternal salvation. Or salvation lose, Methodist people believe salvation you lose. So Marty was confirmed that I am the same kind of what he believes. So this is what the security of salvation protected by the power of God. Hallelujah. God will finish what he began. He, you can know that you can have eternal life. That is, we already saw in John. Nothing can separate us from the love of God. Your salvation is not yours. Remember that. Not to lose because God predestined you to be saved. God has called and drawn you to himself. God has convicted you of your sin. God has given you faith to believe. God has granted you repentance. God has justified you. God has sealed you with the Holy Spirit. God has made you new creation. God promises to glorify you. What more do you need? This is the God of the Bible. Are you proud of your God? You know, when parents say, I'm proud of my son. You know, in the bumper stickers say, I'm proud my son is in a high honor roll. Oh, wow, it's wonderful. But you know, friends, we are the highest honor roll in God's house. When the roll is called up, yonder, we will be there. Any concern to be lifted up, sir?